Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Q&A. I'm your host, Tony Jones. And on tonight's show, we've got a group of... Well, oh, no. hang on. I'll stop that. Uh, uh, I, I got the... I had to just rip that from YouTube because... Um, anyway, if you, don't, if you don't know what we're doing today, we're just doing a bit of a Q&A. Hi, Laura. How are you? Hello. Hey, John. How are Welcome, you? Welcome, Laura. Hey, good John. Thanks. Good thanks. Um, you just said good thanks, good thanks. <laughs> I don't think. Did you ask John how he was? No, I think I just said hi. Yeah, whatever. That's an awkward social situation, isn't it? <laughs> You're not allowed to repeat yourself ever. Uh, no, no, no. But I don't think. I think it's like when you've um you pick up your coffee or whatever, and they say like, "I hope you enjoy that," and you say, "You too." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your meal. You too. <laughs> you too. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy your trip. You too. You too. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, that's too. right. Um, <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, again, we're just doing when you don't have any episode ideas and you've got a heap of questions. It's sometimes good just for us to, um, I've got a bank of questions here. One question might lead us into a 20-minute discussion. We might get through Mm. five questions. We might get through three questions. Uh, But it's important um, to be candid and to have the chats with each other. Go a bit deeper on a, on a couple of them too. Well, I like to be deep and meaningful. You know me, John. D and M. <laughs> it's it's good thing for everyone to know. Laura, she's very creative and a lot of people won't know that the intro and outro music that we use on the show was actually one of Laura's songs. So Indeed. If you might remember this type of outro music that we play at the end of the show, now, John, this is going to be Laura singing. This is the actual track. And I'll put it on at the very end of the episode. So, let's have a listen to Laura. I turn back, you look the other way. How I wish that I could see. Took a chance, took all my strength to say. I think that I'm a How bang is that? Yeah. Thanks, Glenn. You're actually um, Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson, my brother-in-law and I. You're actually our only customer who bought that. So thank you. <laughs> 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 I appreciate that. You might have more. Maybe that would be good. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So, 
<laughs> that was a bit of a side hustle of Laura's doing a bit of music. So, Great and what I'll do yes. at the end of this episode, I'll put in the whole song. <laughs> yes. And then maybe next time we might do the other song and just start to show people because they're kind of cool. Yeah. So, thanks. just to let you know. It. Am I the only one who's bought the samples? <laughs> I think you're the only one who's bought the samples. So, and, well, just to let you know, because I appreciate yours. <laughs> I purchased this today, the full song, for $40. Did you? Just well, to play good. just there for us. Wow. Well, we might get about two bucks each. <laughs> <laughs> so, there we go. That's yeah. really good. Someone's making money. I got a check nice. from them. Yeah. And literally, Sam and I, we called each other and we were like, did you just get 30 bucks for the quarter? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's really good. Yeah. Cool. It's... um. It's just a bit of that side hustle, just getting a bit of that cash flow through, Gosh. guys. You it's know? all about that money. <laughs> when there's a blank spot in the uh, episode, we'll just put a bit it. of Laura. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, I've got the full live. song now. Yeah. so She can go live. Yeah. Can go live. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. Can you sing the <laughs> outro today? <laughs> yeah, you're so no. going to. Cutting costs here. We're yeah. having a live every session. I'll auto-cue it. Don't worry. No, Laura doesn't need that. She's professional. Let's answer some questions. Now, just to clarify, these yep. are from the Facebook group. Yes. And from Instagram as well, yep. right? Yeah. So Perfect. I'll get questions when people enter the Facebook group. We will ask uh, a question on the way in. Mm-hmm. Uh, people throw them up in the group live. People send them via Instagram. Yeah. Uh, can't get to them all, but they get added to the question bank. So do you want to read one there, Laura? Yes, I'd love to. We have a question through Instagram that says, I currently have a casual job. I work there four days a week and I've worked there for the last two and a bit years. Um, becoming a part-time employee doesn't appeal to me with uni and other commitments. I have some serious cash in the bank and I'm looking at making a deposit on a house. However, as I'm casual, I find it very hard to get lending approval. I like my job and don't want to leave. I can make a 20% deposit on 600K unit in an area I'm looking at. Do you have any advice? Thank you. Um, Maybe just go to Africa and buy a house with cash. I don't know. Next question. Yeah. John, you go. Um, you take the lead on this one. Yeah, he's right. He? Um, we don't know. They wanted it to be anonymous. Okay. That person is correct. There will be some issues potentially with borrowing because of the instability of part-time or casual income. So that would need to be first um, calculated to see what, what they can purchase. Uh, and then obviously we need to know the situation, delve a bit deeper into long-term goals, Um what their cash flow is like at the moment, 10% versus 20% deposits, all those variables that need to be considered. But first step for you, my friend, is to go and get yourself a borrowing capacity from a sophisticated mortgage broker and then you can assess from there. Uh, Units in general I would be wary of in the current climate, so make sure you um, talk to and do your research before you act. Um, Yeah, I... Again, we're just making up stuff because we actually don't know. You know, if you... I think we know that you're at university, so a casual job at four days per week um, works for you. And you said here that 
uh, part-time, kind of permanent part-time, doesn't ap- appeal to you because of uni. So we know that your current work situation is not forever. And if you're at university, there's a high chance if you're just doing an undergrad degree that there, there might only be two years left or one year yet, maximum three years left. I don't know. I'm just making something up. So I don't know if it actually matters. The The worst thing that you could do in this situation is just to keep saving money. Yeah, well, the the whole permanent part-time doesn't appeal to me i mean if i suppose if you and i'm being a bit harsh here but if you ask most australians full-time work probably doesn't appeal to them either i don't like, <laughs> I don't like work at all <laughs> exactly. but um, sometimes you've got to suck it up for the for the longer term outcome don't you mm. i mean yeah if you're not doing that how are you earning money and are you going to save um, money to do things in your life i mean it's, yeah. it's you can't have your cake and eat it so mm. maybe it's finding a balance that works for him and totally. or her is or there her. john humor yes. me this say say this has been this situation and i'm a casual if i am wanting to get approval for a loan yes if i were like said to my boss hey can you put me on permanent part-time for like a month yeah so i can show that i've been in a stable job yeah would that help this scenario uh, really? yeah it would yeah ideally three months there'd need to be a bit yeah. more of consistency than just a few weeks yeah. but uh yeah it, it would definitely help if you showed permanent part-time pay slips yeah and there was some sort of security for the banks casuals probably the worst right okay and, and then because there's no security there's no security for sure at all for the even bank. if you've been there four years yep doesn't matter pretty much yeah. so the because imp- in this situation would you say well, maybe this person is entitled to um, a permanent part-time kind of Yeah, so scenario. this is a, a sub-underlying thing. There are so many people employed as a casual who are working Monday, Wednesday, Friday, four hours a shift and have the last five years or whatever. Under, and particularly New South Wales, is work law national? I don't, I don't actually know. But particularly New South Wales or Fair Work, oh, fairwork.gov would be national. Um, you're actually deemed permanent part-time. So, your employer is breaking the law. Now, if you are a casual, by nature, you can't have the same shifts repeatedly. Correct. Because it's... a, it's Yeah, okay. So, that's like sidebar. But to your point, Laura, and then to John's point, if I can be the voice of reason in this room. <laughs> yeah, we're both such hotheads. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just can't really <laughs> Back off, you two. Yeah. Back off. Um, if I could be the linchpin... Yes, we need a quality mortgage broker with a bit of grunt to actually say, hey, Laura, yeah, I can see your tax return here or your PAYG summary has, you know, 45 grand or 80 grand, whatever the salary is. I know three lenders who will actually consider you based on just the group certificate where there's some lenders who want to see pay slips and deposits into a bank account. So, they might say, hey, wink, wink, if you got your boss to put you on the books for a couple of months, um, or if they said, hey, wink, wink, if you were permanent part-time, wink, wink, I could get you a a loan without Mm. being deceptive to the bank and all that stuff, then it could be a genuine thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. And that was like, yeah, off the, I don't know, I'm just... I always like to read between the lines. Yeah, and we're assuming a lot we of things. Assume when so we assume so much from this, these so, questions. But that's okay. The listeners are, are generally learning from the fact that we've assumed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, I think even like, for instance, with my partner, if as a builder, he is tossing up whether to 
be a subby or to be an employee, an employee, yeah. you yeah. know, and that's the thing we've been that's talking right. about. Well, okay, if we're to buy a house, then you know, how what does, does that, that look like? Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. the the stars never fully align, do they? I mean, mm. you you go and do something for tax purposes, you do other things for insurance purposes in your trade, and um, it's got to work for you. And it depends what job this person has as well. Absolutely, right? I yeah. mean. Like if they're going to, you know, if they're halfway through uni and there's 18 months to go and they're going to step into a, a government job earning 85K a year, well, just chill out. Wait. I don't know. Yeah. And I'd be... But get information. The fact that you've got a 20% deposit is is great. You've you've saved hard. Well done. Um, it doesn't mean... So, they've basically got 120 grand-ish. On, the, on that example... There's mm. no reason to go Jeez, and can I rush in to, to buy something, <laughs> especially if you're only six months away from full-time employment. Mm. But I just like the fact that this person is a saver. I would say, like, I don't know. This is, it could have been inheritance. It could have been whatever. Yeah. Over the last, If you're a 29-year-old and you're at uni and you've worked or whatever, just make sure that you're living. Don't be a tight ass. Make sure you're spending money on you, mm. going out with people. I, don't, I just don't. I just don't want to get to the stage where I've got all these assets, and I don't have a freaking life. Yeah, maybe that. That's exactly what this person's doing. Part-time employment doesn't appeal to them anymore because they want to spend some more time Absolutely. to themselves or doing yeah. things because yeah. they've saved hard for that 120. Knock yourself out. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Next oh. one. Sorry, I just closed the computer. <laughs> <laughs> and over to Laurie's going to sing us a song. I'm going to sing you a song. Hey, John, your shirt matches the um, the backdrop. Wow. I'm going to take a photo of that. <laughs> Let's do that. You're blending I, in. I, I can hardly see you. I thought about that this morning when I clothed. Um, Lily asks, and this is a, I think we should be able to round this one off. Um, is it bad to be with two different banks? Oh, I, I didn't, love multiple I thought banks. that was going to say different, different men. men. <laughs> you know, that's not bad either. Well, no. hey. You know what? <laughs> Whatever depends. floats your boat. Not super relevant. But yeah. Just mm. because something is illegal doesn't mean it's immoral. <laughs> no, just because, I don't know, whatever. No, um, on, a, on a serious note, love multiple lenders. Um, they, well, you're assuming lenders. She might be assuming transactional account. Okay. Well, either way, yeah. I'm, I'm happy with it. If yeah. the fees are low... And it's just transactional, that's great because not one bank has full visibility of your life. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. So multiple lenders every day of the week as long as the fees aren't killing you. Mm. What do you mean full visibility of your life? Well, if you're with CBA, for example, yeah. and you've got a maybe a credit card with them, a savings account and a home loan, everywhere you look, they know exactly what you've done. Yeah, Where right. you bought your coffee, when you paid, what your home mortgage is. Um, how much money is coming into your bank, they, they can just straight away look at your life in 30 seconds. Yeah. So we're not being deceptive by having another lender. It just gives us a little bit more flexibility and we're not tied down to one lender if our financial situation or life situation changes. Yes. Okay, cool. Mm. I've never thought about that. Yeah. That's really cool. And I think we did an episode and it was a case study on my own personal situation, I basically said to the mortgage broker, any future debt I get, because I've got like maybe a million a bit over in debt with St. George, I don't want any more debt with St. George because there's too much, it gets into the risk 
area. Mm-hmm. Like if St. George changed their lending criteria for enforced mortgages or whatever you call it, and they say, we want the money back, it could wreck everything. Correct. So right. it's a low risk, but you just need to be a bit strategic. And um, But in terms of the transactional accounts, I mean, it's not bad because bank accounts for your spending is basically free now. Mm. Um, I use St. George for my cash hub, which is on the offset account and um, a savings account on there. I've got my emergency fund uh, that's got about 20 grand in it with ING. That's out of sight, out of mind. Um, my daily blow money is with UpBank. So, you know, yeah, that's cool. each week money's automatically transferred from St. George over to uh, Up for my spending. Yep. So, some people, I need to quarantine that money because, like, if I saw that 20 grand emergency fund every day on my internet banking with UpBank, it would grow legs um, because I'd spend <laughs> yes. it. it would. Yeah. Uh, but you might be very disciplined and strategic and you might be able to have all your accounts with the one bank. I say all power to you because that is a skill that I don't have. Yeah, Absolutely. that's cool. Mm. So oh, that's a cool question. It is. Have we got same type socks but different colored polka dots? Are yours from Country Road? Yes. Yeah, same. <laughs> that's cute. Oh, Laura, you'll have some fun with that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> See, I'm basically a country guy. Shop with, <laughs> we wear Country Road, we Aaron po- Williams. We did a podcast yesterday in the city and uh, our guest said, uh, Glenn is trying to be a country boy wearing his Aaron Williams. I said, yes, you're right. Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> Cel- I like the RMs. Same, 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 same. Celine, she asks, the best way to pay off her $3,000 credit card debt, am I better off... Why don't you just leave the lid off that, John? Is it annoying you? It is. Like, okay. just, I don't know. It just seems frustrating. <laughs> well, a fly could drop in the it's top. true. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> I can't see a single fly in here. <laughs> you never know where they come from. Exactly. Underneath the door, you through the roof. <laughs> Celine asks, the best way to pay off her three grand credit card debt, am I better off stacking up the money in a savings account and then transferring it all over in one lump sum or paying it bit by bit, like weekly repayments? Thanks. What would you do, Laura? I think I would do weekly repayments purely because it it stresses me out. Yeah. Having, also having a, the more money, I, similar to you, like the more money I see in that little other account. Oh, yeah, it's getting. It's like, where, oh, I've got money. Yeah. Whereas if that goes into the thing that's already in the minus, it's mm. it doesn't feel like my money anymore. Mm. That's just me though. I'm, I'm, pe- I'm yeah. probably not as disciplined. And interest is calculated. Daily. Yeah. So, yeah. The fact that you're putting it into a, paying down a bad debt is going to reduce your interest payable, isn't it? Yeah. So, Celine, I would say, awesome. I think number one, you've got to resolve that you're no longer ever getting any more consumer debt, or you're just paying it off in vain. Like, mm. or you'll end up transferring it over to an interest-free credit card for yeah. six months, and rinse and repeat cycle continues. Yeah. Yep. So, I would say you need to decide, and hopefully, you have that no more will I be controlled by credit card debt. Because mm. I would hypothesize, Celine, that this three grand that you owe wasn't from one single transaction. It was death by a thousand cuts yeah. over a long period of time. Mm. So, yeah, absolutely. In your financial period of life, your reason for living is to pay that credit card debt off. That's your total reason for living mm. financially. Um, so yeah, absolutely just smash that as fast as possible. Don't worry about saving up savings over there. 
uh, in a different account. And I mean, if you're working full time, that 3K debt, it should be gone, you know, within the next six months if you've got a good spending plan in order. So that's cool. Oh, here's, an, here's one from Kirsty. Um, should she pay off a personal loan before buying her first home or focus on saving for a deposit and combine the debt with the mortgage? Oh, good, good and that's, topic, that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a first home. We will assume our first home to live in. Mm. Yeah, there's a couple of variables there. How, how big is a personal loan, doesn't say? No. No, so... I haven't seen personal loans over 30 grand generally. And you'd have because to Because generally at- in the marketplace, a personal loan, the highest you can get is 50K mm. as a rule of thumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean... If if we took a stab in the dark and said we've got a five k personal loan and it's at what seven percent, yeah. So ideally, you'd try to whack that first, um, as opposed to paying a getting a, a deposit and then capitalising it into into your loan. Um, I think it'll look more favourably from the banks if you've eradicated that personal loan. Number one, yeah. But if it's a if it's a larger debt. And you can still get a loan and, and it's going to take you another two years to, to pay off that personal loan, but you can get into the market within the next six months, I would, I would say the reverse. Because mm-hmm. I'm an aggressive, savvy property investor that says, well, in two years' time, we can create further gains, mm-hmm. leveraging our money. <laughs> Glenn, do you have a rebuttal? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, making, since you are making yeah. groan noises over yes. this, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> this is where John and I differ. We are friends. You need to get new songs on. That I do, I thing. do, we do, we do. We need Can't, to talk to marketing about that. Yeah, talk to marketing. We need actually. I'll put it up. We we do need to get some new songs. Um, I just can't be bothered. Um, <laughs> doing okay. I, from a housekeeping point of view. And again, I'm more of a conservative measured individual than you, John. A conservative who discretionally spends money. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So risk averse, yes. if you will. Don't mind spending a one or two dollars on me here and there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think in your situation, Kirsty, what I would do is over the next two years, if you are going to save for a home deposit, just clean up the debt first because what if situation changes and it becomes apparent that you don't want to buy a house or you you learn and you want to do equity investing or situation changes. So I would just be in favor of housekeeping to get that cleared up as soon as possible. And then what you were paying down on that anyway, you could then pump into your first home deposit because realistically, um, you know, your first home will assume that you're going to live in it. So, I'm not... Yes, on pr- in principle, John, of course, he's right. If you can get into the market sooner, the market grows. Like, But what if it doesn't in the area that they're yeah. in? And what if, by default, if you do have that personal loan, you, get, you have to pay LMI? What if that caused LMI to happen, which is just another expense that maybe didn't need otherwise. Yeah. So I, I think it's just more of a, a housekeeping thing. And yeah, I mean... Did Kirsty say if she was going to 
Buy an investment or live in a own? Buying first home. Yeah, when people okay. say first home, I always just assume that it's a home so to living. live in because yeah. I live in a home, not a house, okay. John. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> the bank has the house, you have the home. So yeah. if um, yeah. if that's the case, if it is a home to live in, then yeah, I'd probably more pay it down as well. Mm. Investment yep. property, different yep. conversation because we've got tax deductions and everything else. Mm. I mean, philosophically, you're still borrowing money to pay off a personal loan. Oh, I actually wouldn't pay off the personal loan. I'd keep the personal loan Oh, separate. just keep it out on the yeah, side. Yeah, and yeah, pay yeah. it off yeah. continually yeah, yeah, as well. that would be messy. I was just going to say, you don't want to yeah, I wouldn't mess your no, investment no. property debt up with the personal loan debt. No, sorry, I didn't clarify that bit for um, my end. But again, I just think it's, you know... Goes back to foundations. Get mm. your spending plan. Get your emergency fund because you shouldn't be buying a home without an emergency fund. I wouldn't think no. if you're asking me. Um, and the and other that, part of it is, how did they capture the personal loan? Like, and that's it. Is, is the, the problem habit? solved? Is the underlying spending issue solved? Yeah. Or are we just moving debt around? Yeah. Um, so I, I'd want to see Kirsty, and if she's got a partner, we're debt free. We've got a healthy emergency fund. We've both got income insurance. Then we actually know how much it costs us to exist and then start saving and having some goals. Um, That's a good one. And there's another one here from Megan. It's almost the same one. She's trying to save for a house. She's trying to pay off debt. Yes, trying to save for a house. Pay off debt, move back home with my parents. Should I buy to live in Sydney or buy to invest in Perth? So, let's just back up the truck for one second, go back home, clean up your mess. Yes. And just get in a savings habit. If you've got savings at the moment, freaking empty that account, leave two grand in that account and pay off any debt. Yeah, or even less if you're living at home. Yeah. Because mum and dad might pay for everything and you've got your phone bill. Yeah. That's what I would encourage. For yeah. the next 10 years. Oh, I, I, just think, yeah. <laughs> I just think as a rule of thumb, yeah. a n- nice emergency fund regardless should be there. But yeah, I think can we all agree here that housekeeping is most important before you do any strategies? No, we don't agree. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I agree or not. I, I'm unsure. Okay. Because uh, I've got a few exceptions to that. Mm. How much... Well, what is... If... if can you just put that pen down? While yeah, we're sorry, John. Podcast? <laughs> if if it's a small personal loan and I want to buy an investment property, and the personal loan is not going to kill me, um, servicing wise, and I continue to pay it off, and I want to get an investment property tomorrow as opposed to wait six months, I'd buy tomorrow. Yeah, sure. So that's the exception. Yeah, and I I guess I would probably say as well, if example, if it's going to be paid off within six months. Mm. Yeah, whatever, let it run its course if it's not Im- yeah. Im- impacting. But I'm more worried about when people have this personal debt and all this stuff, yeah. have they fixed the freaking problem or are they going to buy the new house, get the mortgage, move yeah. in yeah. and end up with another 20 grand personal loan because we needed a new lounge and yeah. t- dining room. Like, And it's this perpetual cycle. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So that's my concern. No, no, that's a valid one. And yeah. I, the housekeeping period, it's a period of... Working on our habit, keeping out of consumer debt, stopping afterpay, stopping credit mm. cards, and just leaning up and being agile and just saving as much money as possible. Yeah. And realistically, if you are on a journey of investment and you've got someone like John, you've got that accountability anyway. 
Yeah, so, Laura, let, let's let Laura decide. What would you do, Laura? Would you do housekeeping first? I think so. But I, I mean, my situation is different being mm. in business. So, my car loan, for instance, goes through my business as sure. a write-off. So, I kind of, yeah, that's I, good. I would remove know. that from the discussion okay. per se because it's, you know. So, yeah, we're assuming the personal loan's bad debt, non-deductible. Yeah. And yeah. To, okay. All right. Yeah. And on that. Yeah, if you've got a car loan, I, I'm not as hardline with that no. anymore. I'll just go, if you, if it's going to run its course, fine, whatever. But I'm not as hardline as I once was with car loans. No, just yeah. be wary that it's probably going down in value. Yeah, absolutely. So, for me, I think I would want to have, I'd want to have a buffer for sure. Um, I would want to... But I guess for me personally, I'm probably not going to buy to live in. I'm going to live where I want to live and buy to invest. So, yeah, it's maybe a different. I don't know. It could be a different conversation. Yeah. But, um, and I guess it depends if it's one person or or two people investing or what the scenario is. Yeah. So the second part of that is, she says, do I buy in Sydney where I'm living and live in it? Yeah. And live in it, or do I Rent go and best. buy in um, Perth as an investment property? So. Two parts to that is, um, are you buying in Sydney in your dream location for the next 10 years? If the question or the answer to that is yes, then potentially go and buy in Sydney. Uh, and then secondly, if you want to stay at home and go and buy in Perth, why is it that you want to buy in Perth? What- is Perth a particularly good place to buy at this point? Um, look, if we looked at it on a property cycle, we'd, we'd say it's hitting five o'clock like mm-hmm. where it's been through a pretty rough five or six years and it's it's flattening out, showing signs of recovery. Um, so it's really pocketed as to where you might consider buying. The vacancy rates are still a bit higher than ideal. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to know her reasoning behind Perth. Mm. 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 And it, it could be that she heard something somewhere or, yeah. you know. And this is the weird thing when you hear like, she could have heard someone who was a FIFOer and bought a house in a mining town and it exploded. Like, yeah. we just don't know. That's right. Um, but, yeah, give us a shout-out if you want and I can help you through that. Olivia, and this is... They're all kind of similar, weirdly. Olivia asks, how to break out of the rental cycle? How do you define the rental cycle? I haven't... I've actually never heard the rental cycle before. Have you? Well, I've, I've heard it, but different forms of it. Yeah. I've heard the rental cycle would be um, in the purest form. When I hear someone say the rental cycle, I living essentially week to week, paying my rent. Mm. We've got no money to save. We just yeah. can't get ahead. There's no light at the end of the tunnel to even buy an investment property or a home. Yeah. And we're just in this cycle. Yeah. And it could be Olivia may be in the rental cycle. Olivia may, depending where she lives may not have any personal loans, may not have any car loans or credit yeah. card, could be a couple of good incomes in yeah. the middle of a city in this cycle that they can't break. Yeah, so without knowing full situation of, of Olivia's, we, I would say two things to break the rental cycle. One is, have you, have you got your cash flow management plan in order? So are you maximising uh, and not overspending in your life? Yeah. Um, and number two, are you paying too much for rent? Like she may be paying $700 a week rent, um, 
front and centre to to the shops and eating out when she could be paying three fifty a week. Mm. So, yes, it's not not as desirable as a seven hundred, but it's saving you three hundred fifty dollars a week. Is that what you need to break the cycle? Yeah, and I think my view of renting. And in the Wealth Steps document that I'm halfway through and I do need to finish it because I've been talking about it for a while. So, renting is, I believe, considered camping, which is camping is temporary when two things, you're saving for a property investment deposit, you're saving for a deposit to buy a home or to buy an investment property. Mm -hmm. So, buying a home to live in. So, which means you need to pay as... The sooner you want that to happen, the cheaper that your rent and other living expenses need to be. So, it's a temporary situation. Yeah. Then, once you're into your first property, if you do want to buy an investment property, then it's strategic to actually spend a little bit more on a nicer rental place because that's more of a long-term thing. And it doesn't entice you to go and want to live in your own home because you're living in a nice environment Exactly. Exactly. So, it sounds really dumb... For something to break, something has to break, doesn't it? Yeah. It's really dumb. And like then you fix it. For that table to break, the table's got to break. So, I know this is, you know, a TED talk and it's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but so <laughs> to break out of the cycle, you, if, you, if nothing changed... There has to be a sacrifice yeah, of some sort. Whether yeah. it's we work more to save more to pay down debt or to save for a deposit or... Something's got to change. Yeah. It could be I've got to upskill and get a better income. So, yeah, it might be I'm only working five days a week. I'm going to work seven for the next six months. Yeah. And I save $200 a week by renting cheaper or bringing someone else into that shared arrangement. So, all of a sudden, I've got an extra maybe $500 a week. There's 25 grand a year. Mm, Totally. Camping, camping. tenting caravanning or cabin for you uh probably more of a cabin type of guy i thought so yeah (laughs) laura's probably with me on that yeah (laughs) see we're absolutely the same yeah i mean i don't want to go and pretend i'm poor for a week yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just don't care for the showering thing i mean for the not showering thing. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) i don't care for showers i like showers i like showers and also the preparing all the all the like stuff you've got to pack. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. And snakes. Yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah. Oh, snakes. I do, mm. you know, John, I love, I do love sleeping under the stars, but there's got to be at least five of them. Yes. <laughs> Preferably six. <laughs> um, and just these questions, it's weird. They're kind of, again, I keep saying this. Mike asks how to get out of the rat race. So the nine to five rat race. Maybe all these guys are in the same room together. Yeah, maybe. They've asked a slightly different question. Mm. Mm. The rat race. I, I think it's it flows on. Something's got to give. We talk about this a lot in the episode with Zara and Monique about being younger and not going into debt because if you don't have a trail of payments or if you don't have a family to feed or if you don't have a mortgage or you, so you get stuck somewhere and it's really hard to get off that treadmill without extra, extra sacrifice. So if you've got a family a mortgage and money's tight and time is tight, you don't have time and you hate your job, it's very, very hard to get out of that rhythm because it means mm. there's got to be a big sacrifice 
And so, again, I'll, I'll say this, like when you're starting your life, don't build your life on payments because that will trap you and you want your life to be as lean as possible. Now, I would say to Mike, you need to start having a vision for your life that you're, you're in a rat race, you don't like it. What do you want to do with your life? And how do yeah. we start making small changes to achieve that goal? And, and rat race can be simply a mindset, can't it? Like um, I'm bogged down in this whole nine to five thing. Well, Mike, the, the facts are we've got to hustle. We've got to sacrifice things. And it might be 10 years before you come out the other side saying, well, yeah, now I'm actually in a comfortable position. It's not going to happen in 12 months. No. Laura, you kind of talk to us about your kind of side hustle and it, it could be like a find a passion or find something you want to do and slowly dip your toe in the water and then sure. once your body's in enough, jump in without, you know, slapping your skin and getting hurt. Like, so. Yeah, absolutely. So as in how You transition from, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so the big thing for me was I... Again, again, I didn't have really much personal debt. I had, I drove a crappy car. You really did. I drove a really <laughs> crap car <laughs> for ages. Um, so for me, my costs were pretty low. I wasn't renting anywhere super flashy or anything like that. Um, so that meant I was had the luxury of um, not working as much to start the business. So and I understand not everyone's in that position, but then I um starting my marketing company would work was making coffee at the time as well then kind of started working one day a week for one of the businesses I was working in their marketing for um and then from there transitioned and that probably took close to two years to transition out of working for someone else um yeah actually it I think I finished in July mm. maybe of last year. So- yeah, and it's funny because it's a transition. It's like, that's what I said to Mike, what do you want to do? Because it can't happen mm. overnight all the time. And it honestly, it's really hard. Like mm. I think the the big thing I found was being in a different spot where you feel like you're actually kind of behind a lot of your friends. Your friends are like, cool, let's go away for the weekend. And you're kind of like, man, I literally have enough money to pay rent and like live so it is it is that sacrifice up front but longer term if I didn't do that I wouldn't be able to work for myself so it's kind of that Mm. that thing of you have to have a bit of tenacity about you as well and yeah it does take and it's that dance between I'm building this thing on the side a little bit slowly so it's organic I'm not pressured you know, totally. there's nothing worse than a desperate salesperson. No, that's right. So and I would have worked. The thing was, I had the luxury of saying, okay, well, I can't work. I don't want to work with that particular type of business. So I could be kind of choosy, yeah. which helped you my business. If you, yeah. you had yeah. Your, yeah. Your, your, your nine to five per se, and you didn't have to just settle. And it was funny. I was thinking like yesterday, what would I have done different if I started my business again? And it was, I would have put up with a lot less dickheads. (laughs) Yes. I mean, just the amount of people. And thankfully, like, 
none of the clients I work with present day, they're all great because I just literally don't engage people now that I don't vibe or if they're tight asses or don't value <laughs> advice or, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because yeah. it's, hey, it's a free world. Mm. I don't have to serve you. Totally. Yeah, but you could have easily, Laura, gone and said, well, I've got a crappy car and, and uh, I'll go and upgrade that as well and then you could have been cash poor and then the business mightn't have got off the ground so yeah absolutely you, made some sacrifices there and yeah and like anyone who listens to gary v out there mm. he'll say it straight and say well you've got to get out there and hustle i mean garage sales and selling tomatoes or For do whatever sure. it takes to to get ahead what do you reckon was your sacrifice john early days yeah just starting your life and your career um it probably was it definitely was vehicle and, mm. it, and and it was probably like I, I think I always had a bit of a balance, but I worked seven days a lot of the time. Sure. So it was sacrificing a bit of time in the short term. Yeah. Just on John's story, I'm actually lining somebody up to interview you. Oh, really? How, yeah. did, how do I not know about this? Because <laughs> I thought about it last night. <laughs> I think that would be really cool to hear your stories of high points, low points and like decisions you're really glad you made and mm, maybe we'll do that as well but i want to like because in episode 202 it was me being interviewed by my friend in canada um but i want someone to interview john about his life story how he started his business and all that and i don't want to do that um <laughs> i don't want to sit down and do that no. um in <laughs> fact i should ask Bo if he wants to dial in interview you for his podcast and just send me the file less editing for me yeah yeah. Um, but and we I'll, all do that. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe what well, actually I'm going to write this down now. We'll do an episode lessons in starting our business. Three, five tips mm. or something. Yeah. And there'll be it. five tips each and you could even do, you do yours and we do a two part series. Yeah. I love it. Sweet. It's a great right. idea. And there'll be like 15 tips or the top three. So there's like yeah. three and then, cause I'll always have a second, a fourth one. So there'll be 10 in total. <laughs> and Glenn's will always be right. Yeah, Glenn's yeah. will always be right. That's why you get more. And we just nod and say, "Yeah, of course we do." Yes. Nod. Exactly. But yeah, so <laughs> I think within all that, there's there's just a sacrifice. Like you know, John's an Iron Man. He, you sacrifice your time to train. Hmm. I'm not an Iron Man because I'm one lazy and two couldn't do it because i'm lazy <laughs> but I, I think everyone's definition of sacrifice is different as well isn't it i sacrificed a coffee today but i mm. had two yesterday yeah like what is sacrifice or what what are you actually prepared to sacrifice or you're yeah. just sort of convincing yourself that you're sacrificing something totally and i also think there's a i find as you know a 25 year old i feel like I should have really nice things mm. Yeah. when it's like, well, maybe my life actually at this point to have nice things that I actually have to save a whole bunch of money mm. and, and be a better steward of what I've got. I think yeah, totally. there's that, there's this air of the perception of, oh, I go on nice holidays and I post on Instagram and it's really lovely. And I've got all these designer things that cost me 400 bucks for this one top. Yeah. Like that's what a lot of the projection is. Yeah. And I think that there's that's a rat race in itself. I oh, think. Totally. Massive. Yeah. Totally. I, look, I've got a client who's an AFL footballer on six-figure income 
and he gets he wears his clothes from other teammates that don't want them anymore. Like they pay multiple hundreds of dollars for clothes, and he just wears them when they're sick of them. And mm. like he's um, just doesn't doesn't just care. doesn't care. I mean, yeah. he's savvy in terms of I want to create wealth, but it's not impacting his lifestyle totally. because he's wearing a secondhand t shirt. Absolutely. And do you know what? It, this actually maybe is a topic as well. Facebook Marketplace and the Facebook yeah. groups you can join to buy designer secondhand totally. stuff is so good because it just all these people what they are actually doing is they're yeah. buying all these outfits there's there's a group of friends of mine who all they do <laughs> they're a bunch of young mums who with rich husbands kind of thing don't put this on the thing anyway we might leave that there there's plenty of questions keep them coming in and it's also good because people other people are answering and putting in their two cents within that facebook totally, group yeah. it's totally. awesome it's and really good i i would just say though like Again, that's awesome that people share on Facebook. And I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, John. Don't go and make a $500,000 investment decision after you've written two sentences about your situation Mm. and you've had some person online write a one-sentence answer. So, yes, absolutely Mm. have the discussion with people. Everyone dive in, give you two cents in your experiences. But you always, I'll always push people to professional advice or a third-party sounding board. So, But also, it's really cool because it's just making talking about money normal. And I think totally. that that's what's really cool yeah. about that group. Totally. Sure. Yeah, no one's right or wrong. It's just... Yeah, we're just having a chat. Yeah. So good. Hey, Laura. Hey, Glenn. When you and Nathan, like, get married, start a family and, mm-hmm. and be all cute and want to buy a house and get a mortgage, where are you going to get your mortgage? I'm going to go to a mortgage broker. Well, no, you're going to go to sortyourmoneyout.com <laughs> and then click get help. Yes. And I'm going to ask you a couple little questions and introduce you to a mortgage broker that is best suited for you because why don't we want to go to a bank, Laura, directly? Banks are bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, basically, a mortgage broker, they will look at your situation and recommend the most appropriate loan for your circumstances. Indeed. I think that sounds really good. So, what's the website again? It's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Perfect. It's as simple as that. That is very simple. And remember, Laura, it's not a house. It's a home. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you to... And so, again, the Facebook group, thank you for the new members who have recently joined. Shani Prajulak. Hey, Shani, actually grew up next to Shani. They had the home next door to ours in Berkeley Vale. So, wow. Hey, Shani and her Small sisters, world. Bria and Taylor. I think Tay's in the group as well. Um, Bridey um, from Albury, New South Wales, and she's a director of a dog training company. Uh, Brittany Jade, hi, she's from Melbourne, and she's a secondary science slash biology teacher. Uh, she's got a fellow friend in the group, Nat Amarabasic. Yeah, I see a few of invited Amarabasic, their friends in. I can't pronounce your name, sorry. Another one, Andy uh, from Perth. His wife and himself run a small interior design business, which he works two days a week in. The rest of the week, he works as a project manager for a property developer. So that's cool, cool. as well. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll uh, we'll get out of here. But thanks, Laura, for your time again, and Thank we'll you, Laura. we'll thanks, hear friends. you on the airways soon. So, just to recap, every time John and I do a podcast recording, 
we always invite Laura. Um, if her schedule can make it, she will be here. Yep. Um, she's a mad dog. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but she's not a horse. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. My Millennial Money supports A21. A21 is a non-profit organisation that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash au. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter Approach Limited, trading as Sort Your Money Out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689.
I run a money podcast and a lot of people are like, wow, you must know so much about the markets, investing and all that stuff. Well, the truth is I have some secret sauce. Every day I use the Australian Financial Review app as part of my subscription and it just keeps my finger on the pulse with what's happening around the world in Australia in relation to companies, politics, all the stuff. So you can also be like me. Well, you probably don't want to be like me. However, you can also get access to all the stuff that I use to prepare podcasts and keep my finger on the pulse. So if this type of analysis and information is something that you want to plug into your life, you might be thinking, what can I do? Well, you can invest in your success with a subscription to the Financial Review. Subscribe during the end of financial year sale to save 50% or more for your first three months. Visit afr.com forward slash subscribe. That's afr.com forward slash subscribe. The offer ends on 30th of June. Terms and conditions apply.